you've taken your first step into a larger world. The Force will be with you. Welcome to First Steps, a Star Wars podcast, a journey from the Phantom Menace to the Rise of Skywalker. Now, here are your hosts, Calvin and Anna. Hello there. Welcome to First Steps, a Star Wars podcast, uh, where we analyze Analyze. Star Wars from Phantom Menace to the Rise of Skywalker, one arc at a time. I'm Calvin. I've seen a lot of Star Wars. I'm Anna. And I've seen a little bit of Star Wars. And I'm Wyatt, and uh, I've seen too much Star Wars, and I keep watching it. Far too much. <laughs> what we all do. What um, we all do. So, yeah, we're looking at some Clone Wars episodes. Woo! So, Season 1, Episode 5, Rookies. We follow uh, the members of, what were they called in Season 3? Domino Squad? Domino Squad! Yeah, follow the members of Domino Squad as they continue on their little assignment to, to defend one of the moons of Kamino and run across some battle droid. Episodes 106 and 107, Downfall of a Droid and Duel of the Droids, in which the Separatists kidnap R2 and replace him with the nefarious R3 to sabotage Anakin and company. Episode 108, Bombad Jedi, in which Padme and Jar Jar go to attempt to convince Anakin Defar to join the Republic, but then get captured by Newt Gunray, and then they subsequently capture him. 109 Cloak of Darkness, in which Ahsoka and Padme Amidala transport Newt Gunray, but he ends up escaping at the hands of Captain Argaius and Asajj Ventress. And episode 110, Lair of Grievous, in which Kit Fisto and his Padawan go to General Grievous's lair and attempt to find Newt Gunray after he has escaped and must escape from Grievous himself. So, yeah. What'd you think, Anna? Rookies. Anna, what'd you think? Rookies was an episode. That was such an intense episode for me as someone who is, like, just a number one clone stan. And Domino Squad is like, that. those are my children. Like, those are my, my babies. And then having to watch them die was horrific. And that's essentially what the episode was for me. Um, everything else did not matter because it was just my babies dying. Here's Almost the all of them did. Uh, a lot of them did. Yeah, I, I, yeah, just, I guess because Echo like Echo and, and Echo Fives, Fives are the ones who are. I mean, like yeah. they're, they're, they're they're my boys, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, watching Arc Troopers and Ambush, well, mainly clone just cadets. Arc Troopers, Clone Cadets. Clone mm-hmm. Cadets. Arc is Troopers the is the Arc next Troopers one is with much, these much guys. Later. Watching Clone Cadets before this one was really interesting because, like, I was like, for me, like, thinking about these Domino Squad members and, like, Heavy specifically, who is the one who has the connection with 99, I really didn't entirely put together the fact that it was that squad that went to defend the moon on Kamino, and that kind of made yeah. Heavy's death specifically really emotional for me this time, when it I... doesn't normally do so for me whenever I do rewatch Clone Wars, because it does take place so early in the series. Yes. So that was my thing, and that, and I think the, I mean, obviously, like, I was sad about Cut Up, um, less sad about droid bait because I wasn't like particularly attached yeah, to that. Yeah, Cut Up showed up in clone. Man- Malevolence Arc, right? Cut so. Up Cut Up was also was in Clone Cadets as well as oh, Cut no, Up is so a part of Domino Squad. Yeah, Domino uh, Squad is only in these they go from Clone Cadets straight to this and the, the no no other episodes cuz they're, they're not they're not part of the 500 they're not part of the 501st until the 
the very end. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it's just Echo and Fives. Obvi- like, the remaining members join um, 501. So, right. yeah, but this, for me, was, like, heavies episode. And I, and I feel felt that way about Clone Cadets as well. So much of the episode re- revolved, so much of Clone Cadets revolved around Heavy, you know, starting out as this sort of solo soldier. He never included his team. He would always just go and like head right in to complete the mission, which inevitably is like one of the main factors that put Domino Squad low on the list. I don't know, which made them fail during their training because Heavy just continued to do his own thing. And then here, and so now seeing him here, sacrificing himself for his brothers was just so incredibly emotional. And and yeah, I didn't even think about 99, but Heavy's sacrifice saved all of the clones on Kamino. I mean, he his death is so bold because without his sacrifice, I mean, the war would just be done. I mean, they wouldn't have anybody to fight in the war. But like the clo- the clones would essentially be they'd be cut off. Yeah, yeah, they they'd be wiped out. I mean, except for the clones who are already fighting. But like, uh, so many clones are in training on Kamino that like as a group they would essentially be wiped out. So yeah. it's crazy. I mean, the quote is two hundred thousand ready with a million more on the way. So yeah, it's it's sort of. It's one of the things that makes the uh, the fact that they went back in season three and made clone cadets as a prequel to this episode, like it adds so much more meaning to it because... Yeah. Having seen Kamino and having seen the clones train and sort of where they live and where they're from, it's really, it makes it more impactful when in this episode the stakes are is that they're defending their home. Yeah, it's heart-wrenching. I really want to go back and watch clone cadets now, now with this knowledge of like heavy sacrifice and the fact that like Cut-Up's death was so abrupt and tragic as well. Cut-Up is literally just eaten by an eel. Like it sucks. That's just a sad death to me. And I was just so upset. I was so upset. Yeah, I just... I mean, they ordered us to go outside, though. They were like, this is why we shouldn't be going outside. They told us not to go outside. No, it it was was just a very, like, heart-wrenching episode for me, because I really love these characters, especially Heavy, and so seeing them die hurt. But I also, like, am really excited to see what's going to happen with Fives and Echo Mm -hmm. um, now under who? Like, Commander Rex? Commander Rex. Rex yeah. is my child. Yeah, Rex is so Rex is dope. So I'm yeah. really excited. This is the first great Rex episode. And you get to see Rex and Cody interact too, which I which I don't think you get to see that often. Yeah. They, they pair them together a lot early in the timeline and then not much later. I it was funny like when we were like watching clone cadets because i was like where's echo's handprint like i i was i it was the yeah. one of the only ways i could tell them apart and but he so, gets it by the end of the episode i know he gets though. it in this one it was also uh, another quick story from wyatt as a kid watching the clone wars i remember so we recorded the episodes on dvr and i watched them the morning after they uh premiered at night and the room in my house the like living room in my house has a lot of windows. And so the way the reflections work, it's really bright. The TV gets very glary. So I remember the first time I watched this episode, I had no idea what was happening because it's all dark. Um, yeah. So that's like always I can I can picture what this episode looks like on that TV every time oh. I watch it. And it, it is sort of it's part of why I, as a kid, I didn't it's one of like this is cited as one of like 
the great classic early Clone Wars episodes, like yeah. this is sort of the the one where people were realizing that like, oh, this might be really good. And I didn't like it as a kid because I couldn't friggin' see it. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty disappointing because it's a really good episode. Yeah. yeah. No, it's it is. It's it's there's a lot of there's a lot of clone stories throughout the series, but this is the really the one that started them all. Liberate the clones. I was yeah. like just Added to the list of reasons why the clones should be free. And that was the thing about Heavy's death, too, and all of their deaths. I mean, it's like you're sacrificing yourself for a cause, for someone else's cause, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I mean, we're obviously gonna get to more of that stuff later with, what? what's the, there's another clone that, which, Ar, Ar, Argeus? Argeus? Oh, like, the, he wasn't a clone. He's, um, he's one of the he's Senate commandos. He's just a dude. Right, you're right, 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 right. Yeah. You're right, 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 right. Wait, but he says this whole thing that was very, like, clone-esque, though. No, this is, yeah. Well, we'll talk about it. He's yeah, not until, we'll like, point. episode nine. But yeah. Yeah, so that, that was, so Rookies is, like, a standalone episode, and then we get into downfall of a droid which sort of kicks off this whole thing Our i guess is kidnapped and uh anakin is really attached to him and uh, tries to go and save him or save him to against everyone's advice so these but two episodes with anakin. anyway yeah on, Anna. these two episodes downfall of a droid and duel of droids really painful for me if i'm being honest because the whole time i'm just like he's a fucking robot and i get it and i think it makes more sense with the addition of like r2 has all of these all of this information that is crucial and like would really you know cause a lot of problems in, in the hands of grievous so i get why it's important to get him but that's not really why Anakin is getting R2. It's not because of the information. It's because he just likes R2. And that is so weird to me. Anakin, I mean, the, basically the, the one sort of thing you can get out of these episodes really is just it's another illustration of Anakin cannot let go. That that That's literally one of my notes is like... For a Jedi, Annie has a lot of attachments, and this is kind of like jumping, but I didn't really realize what other Jedi are like until I saw Luminara, Luminara. and I was like, oh, this is a really good example of what a Jedi should be. And obviously, you know, she learns stuff and blah, 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 but like, Annie is not like Luminara. Not even a little bit. No, we and we kind of have like a... Our main characters are like sort of the maverick Jedi lineage. Obi-Wan toes the party line more most out of all of them, but we've got Qui-Gon to Obi-Wan to Anakin to Ahsoka, that lineage of, of teachers and students. They're all kind of... They're all rebels. They don't yeah. do things... They don't do things the right... Even Obi-Wan, like, is, is more... Has got more Qui-Gon in him than he usually admits... Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, honestly, they are all fairly reckless and not, I don't want to say careless, but reckless, I guess. They're very, all, all, that whole lineage. And it's, they're almost like their own category. Like, I want them to have their own thing because they're, they're not Jedi. You know, as much as I love these characters and care about them, I just, it's really hard for me to accept that Anakin is a Jedi because I feel like everything he does goes against the teachings of Jedi, even though he's very much like a good person and he's great at using the force and doing all these things and he's a great soldier and leader. Just don't think he's a great Jedi. And this, these two episodes really, really just put that right out there on display. I do. But it's also, it's also funny to think about, but like, so we're all, <laughs> we're all about to graduate college. 
In universe, Anakin is younger than us. Holy shit. What? You're kidding me. How no, old is he? No, he is. He's so he's nine. nine in Phantom Menace. We have a ten year time gap, so he's he's nineteen in uh, Attack of the Clones. Attack I, of the Clones. Well, no, he's twenty. I know because the or at least in Legends, he's twenty because in the, I know that the novelization of Attack of the Clones starts with Shmi in the Tuscan camp, like reminiscing about Annie's twentieth birthday. Interesting. I've never read it, but that's even if we're even yeah, if we're I haven't read that, it either, but I know that that's there. Even if we're saying that, we're giving Anakin at most twenty-one right at now, like point, yes. early in the war. So yeah. it's kind of interesting to think about the responsibilities that are given to all these characters. Even and like Ahsoka is fourteen. Like yeah, they and she's there do not orders, look yeah. it. He looks like he is pushing thirty. Yeah, that I Ahsoka be, looks twenty. Or Ahsoka looks like maybe like eighteen to me. You know, I, that's I bizarre. Think, so that's I just it's an interesting thing to think about because I think you're totally right that Anakin is a Anakin is a great warrior. He yes. is a he fills the role of hero very well. But the whole sort of dynamic with the Jedi fighting the war is based in the line we're supposed to be peacekeepers not soldiers. And Anakin fits so much more naturally into the role of a soldier and a leader whereas all of the other Jedi to some degree are a, are a little bit uncomfortable. It's, he's just not a Jedi. Yeah, I I also just feel like all this stuff with R2 is really annoying. I, I think it was an interesting twitch to have R3 <laughs> be this, like, traitor. That was interesting. But my whole thing for this is just, like, what is going on with the droids? Grievous is a droid. I don't know why, but he has, like, human-looking eyes, or at least, like, real-looking eyes. So I, I always just assumed that he was, like, a like a cyborg, yeah. like, half-alive. You're, you're correct. In this, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 Leonard Grievous was in this um, grouping, yes. right? Grievous was so a part of this whole thing. There's but the, all those... the, the, the layer of Grievous yeah. episode. Yeah. There's... Yeah, I was just confused about it because okay. he was, like, I, I just couldn't tell if he was, like, because I, I know that there was this, like the guy was doing the um he was like adding arms or whatever the fuck he was doing to Grievous and he yeah. was like oh this is gonna hurt and I was like if Grievous is a droid why would it hurt he's like but yeah 80, so he's like he's like eighty percent droid okay that he's makes like, sense he's basically like he's a collection of organs and like I think his head like under the mask is is like there's a brain and there's eyes and stuff and then he's pretty much encased in a droid shell and Lair of Grievous has all those like weird statues where it's like yeah. showing him upgrading himself to be a better fighter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just, I couldn't like tell if he was, if there was like humanoid there, but like it was there. No, it made sense. I just couldn't tell. I was confused. But overall, I'm just confused about droids. I'm like, do they have consciousness? Consciousness? Like, are they? Because R2 talks and R2 has feelings. And he I don't beeps know. angrily, yeah. He know? beeps angrily. That I was literally just thinking of that. Yeah, R two D two hate gang. I'm tired of the droids. I don't like them. But also, it just my hate for the droids just goes back to my love for the clones because I'm like Anakin. You are being so extra for this stupid little robot, and then a clone dies, and you're like, ah, damn, that's crazy. Like damn and do nothing you know i guess that's just my thing so i'm like a clone's death is more heartbreaking than the death of a droid and i, and I feel like anakin just cares about the people that he cares about and nothing beyond that he certainly like 
his emotions towards the people he cares about are so much stronger than his emotions, like sort of generally that it's, it, I think makes him seem more heartless than he really is. But this is, this is an extreme version of it. Also, I think, so with droids generally, so Star Wars plays a little fast and loose with its rules on everything. And they've never really said anything particularly strong on the idea of like, are droids alive? A lot of droids have personalities. I think the general rule is that, like, as discussed in this episode, if you don't wipe a droid's memory, it becomes something more akin to, like, artificial intelligence. They it, they yeah. learn by experience. So, like, R2 is closer to a person than, like, a factory new droid. Yeah. And, and that makes a ton of sense. Like, I totally get it. But that, at the end of the day... It's just hard. I understand that R2-D2 is one of, like, the fan favorite characters, but I just can't bring myself to care, you know? I just can't bring myself... I mean, I like R2 to some extent. Like, I see how R2 is useful as a droid, but I'm just like, clone liberation, where are the clones? I'm tired of droids. I like seeing... I I liked R3. I liked R3 so much during this because I was like, yeah, a little baddie, like, a little... <laughs> I will say I just I, I just kept getting mad at R three for you know sabotaging them that every fucking move and no I one thought that had, shit was no so funny. Well, that was my thing is I was like it's very clear, you know if you're watching it like I thought it was pretty obvious that R three was bad because they literally were like the R threes are supposed to be better than the R twos and then this R three is just so incompetent like that's pretty sus. Yeah, but it and was it's also funny. dark colored too. You know he's he's got the yeah. he's got the black color scheme so that we know that he's evil yeah i liked how different they made his sounds though i thought that was a good thing um because i i'm generally of the opinion that i i don't i i like most episodes of the clone wars and i can find i can find redeeming aspects and all they're they're good entertainment but but these episodes suck these episodes episodes suck and then the weird moment where anakin was like trying to get r2 and called um ahsoka pookums i was like i wish i was dead they like pretended to be a couple real quick to like buy an r2 and i was like I will literally, I was like, someone take a lightsaber and just stab me in the forehead. Like, I do not want to watch this. And it's such a brief moment, but I will be scarred for my whole life. <laughs> Ahsoka could do better, girly. I'm, I'm, I'm just making notes of certain copy pastas not to send you later on. Oh, no. <laughs> um, yeah, that's all I had to say about the droids. I like um, watching R2 beat R3 up. You know? Yeah, that was cool. I liked the little droid fight. Like, that was fun to watch. I did. I also, I like that Ahsoka is like, <laughs> she's so, she's fun when she hasn't figured anything out because she like, she trash talks Grievous and he, he just wipes the floor with her. But it's fun to like, see her like, she's so, she's so energetic. Like, it's, it's fun even when the, the rest of the show can get a little weird. Weird, and I just, I want to, like, credit Ashley Eckstein, voice actor for Ahsoka, even early on, like, she is that character. It's so... It's so good. so good. It's very good. I know, Ahsoka is just one of the characters that it's like, why is this whole thing not about her? Like, (laughs) Ahsoka is so fun. Um, Yeah, and I mean, like, and generally speaking, like, this is, Calvin and I both remember this, this is the era when everyone hated her. Like, when she... Oh, really? When the show came out, it was before Disney bought Star Wars and sort of reset the canon. Um, so there was a lot of legend stories about 
the Clone Wars when the prequels came out. There was a whole like timeline continuity stuff. Um, and then George Lucas made this series. Like he started Lucasfilm Animation, hired Dave Filoni, and, and started like a lot of basically a lot of stories in early Clone Wars, especially, are pitched by George Lucas. And the idea of Anakin having a Padawan is a George original. But because nerds can't take anything lightly, everyone freaked the hell out that Anakin had a Padawan just suddenly because there'd been all these books and comics that nerds loved so much and this sort of overwrote them. And now it's basically two separate continuities where like the legend stuff exists in a weird nebulous non-canon void but it's all still there and you can read it um and then canon has basically just in this timeline basically just the animated series so clone wars is like the master this is what happened according to george lucas uh but yeah no people hated ahsoka and i will say also this is pre pre anything like that there was a lot of sexism going on in i was gonna say yeah yeah, i was gonna say i mean this is something and this is why like when we were originally talking about doing this podcast, I was so hesitant because the sexism in, like, a lot of the Star Wars fan base is just so disgusting. It's It's really bad. Yeah, and And I mean, it, it, there's several, like, I mean, there's the Slave Leia costume, which is an iconic thing in, like, nerd culture. Yeah. But is also, like, one of the more iconic sexist things in nerd culture, and that's in the movies. Yeah. But it is... Mostly the fan base. <laughs> and the fan, I, I just feel like it's disappointing. It's a disappointing thing to come out of the fans, but I like Ahsoka. I think she's a good character. I'm really excited to see her grow. And like, yeah, that's the thing. Like, she's at a point right now where she just needs to grow. She's a baby. She's like a little baby. Like, you cannot expect her to be her. amazing. Yeah, you can't expect all this shit from her. She is 14. And also, like, yeah, I mean, we talked last episode that... And I don't know, like, if, if it was as easy to notice as kids, but Ahsoka's written with very obvious flaws and potential for learning. You can see where she's going to end up, and it's kind of fun to see her before she ends up there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and I think, and sort of bringing it back to our topic of episodes this week, what's the middle one? The one with Luminara called? Oh, um, Night, Night, Cloak of Darkness. Ah, oh, man, these nonsense titles. Um... <laughs> Cloak of Darkness is a really good... I like in Season 1, it happens several times where Ahsoka learns from a different Jedi who's on the show that week. And I I think her with Luminara is really fun watching Ahsoka play off different Jedi. Yeah. I was very confused as to why she was with Luminara. I was like, uh, this is a little random, but okay. But I like Luminara a lot. I was like, oh, hello. So honestly, I wasn't too mad about it. I'm trying to remember the names of all the episodes we watched. Yeah. Yeah, so there's the... uh, Yeah, because before Cloak of Darkness, there's Bombad Bombad Jedi, Jedi. which was my thing. I was like, let's talk about that real quick before we move on. It wasn't a very, like, fun episode. This was like, eh, whatever. It was Jar Jar being used for humorous intent. Although, I mean, I I gotta say, I gotta say, though. I was watching, and I don't quite know if that, um, if Jar Jar destroying the ship was that accidental. He could have been, uh, doing some nefarious things with the destruction of that ship there. Dr. No. Jar Jar. No. No. Many, go, back many. Into your, go back into your hole. No. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, if, I forget whether I've talked about this so far, Anna, but there's a, um, very, like, a, a very complex fan theory called Dark Jar Jar. That Jar Jar was just behind everything. 
And, like, you you can watch, like, Jar Jar doing shit in Phantom Menace and be like, that's, you know, similar to Force Powers. And, like, you know, him being able to command the entire Senate and Attack of the Clones, and there's lots of him just, like... <sighs> it's a funny fan theory. That's and interesting. Him being stupid, that fans are overreading into him being... Smart. Actually, like a mastermind. Yeah. yeah. No, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good theory. Honestly, yeah. that's funny. The, the prequel memes community, which is sort of related, there's a lot of like, as much as we just sort of talked about how trash the Star Wars fandom can be, there's a lot of fun stuff going on, especially in the prequel era fandom. Yeah. So the, the Darth Jar Jar theory is like, is not what was intended by the people who made Star Wars. But it's it's a whole <laughs> so lot of fun. Funny. It's a whole lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, I'm I'm I really dislike Jar Jar now, which is upsetting. <laughs> Good. I was just this episode I was like, okay, I've had about enough of this. Um yeah. this silly little man, Padme, la la perfect perfect. Everything she does is wonderful. I was like, she's a baddie. She can save herself and she even knows how to like forgive people by forgiving her uncle whatever. By being like, hey, I'm sorry that the Republic wasn't here for you. Well, we're going to be here for you now. You know, and I was like... She's a good diplomat. That's my queen. That is my queen. But yeah, that's all. That episode was like very... I eh. did kind of get this episode. I'm like 95% sure now that that Jedi robe that Jar Jar put on was Anakin's. Oh, yeah. Really? I guess that would make sense. It has to be. They're sneaking around like... I think I don't then I don't know if that I, I don't know if it's ever been confirmed, but there's no way it's not like. <laughs> yeah, I guess there is no other explanation. There's no Jedi who interacts with Padme a lot, who is also then dumb enough to leave his robe on the ship. <laughs> yeah, just leaving his robe. OK, anyway, like Obi-Wan, <laughs> is def- Obi-Wan is definitely cleaning up after himself. He takes his he does not forget his jacket at the party. OK, hold on. This is a big question that has been written on my notes sheet. Do Jedi fuck? <laughs> they have to, right? Yeah, they're just like, not allowed to have attachment. They can have sex. I was they're like, obviously, to- Anakin fucks. But like, do yeah. can Jedi can they can fuck, right? I mean, I, I don't like you, I don't know if it's a common thing. <laughs> But a, a Jedi could go out to a bar if he wanted to. Generally, I think <laughs> Jedi, because of their sort of whole shtick, are sort of personality-wise and, and who they are tend not to be super interested in that sort of stuff. But I do not think the way Anakin explains the attachments rule in Attack of the Clones does imply that Jedi are allowed to... They're not allowed to form romantic relationships, but they can, they are allowed to love, essentially. They can fuck. Okay. I was just this whole time, I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah. Anakin, I'm like, what? The rule, the rule Anakin is breaking is, is because he got married. And that's the, yeah. the, 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 the sort of settling down and commitment to things outside the order and the, and the force is that's the rule that Anakin's breaking. <laughs> Yoda is just like, hit it, you can. Commit it, you cannot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I think so that's sorry. rock bottom. Yeah. Uh, well, that would be a good T-shirt. Yeah. Okay. Um, we can move on yeah. from this topic. Yeah. So we have uh, Polka Darkness and Lara Grievous, which are two both vaguely concerned. related episodes. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of weird how they did it. Well, yeah. 
Well, yeah. it's like related, obviously, but. I don't think they had fully committed to the three-part story, which becomes so huge in the rest of the series. Like, they, they love multi-part stories in, like, yeah. pretty much f- starting from, like, the very end of season one on. Yeah. And this episode, this sort of trio of episodes seems like they were testing the waters, but still making very much standalone episodes. Yeah. And it's sort of, it's the beginning of, like, Jedi of the Week. Yeah, and that that's the thing, is I'm like, okay, each episode features like a whole different cast but it is a three-parter so it's kind of weird but it you know it it overall makes sense but it's just like "Eh." i i did enjoy cloak of darkness just because i think luminara is a really interesting character and i and that's my thing is i i really want to see more jedi just to sort of compare what they're like to anakin essentially who is sort of our main jedi that we're hanging with yeah, I felt like, I was like, first of all, she a baddie, right off the bat, blah, blah, blah. but also I'm like, she's calm, collected. Ahsoka is really, she, she, you know, has her little outbursts and Luminara handles them really well. I don't know. I felt like it was really interesting. But then it's also like this contrast of like, sometimes acting with your heart instead of your head is a good thing, you know? And I feel like that was interesting. An interesting thing to come from this episode. And an interesting kind of thing to come from Argaius too, who is the one who obviously goes on to betray. Yes. It's it's so interesting seeing like these sort of early nuggets of like where Ahsoka gets her like worldview from because she's, she's basically just a sponge and she's soaking up all this. She's getting all of Anakin's bullshit, but she's also getting it balanced out by with the other Jedi that she interacts with because it's not ever really like confirmed but it's it's said that she's pretty young to be a Padawan so I think they are like sort of taking a group responsibility for her mm-hmm. um, yeah. it, especially early I will say too we will eventually meet Luminara's Padawan later in the show, so I'm, mm-hmm. I I will be interested to see what your take on her. Oh, that's yeah, that's really exciting. Yeah, we um, already we, we've caught a glimpse of Luminar and her Padawan in uh, Attack of the Clones, but again, a yeah, glimpse. but it was just in it's the like, Jedi wave sabers dramatically scene. Yeah. <laughs> Something, something that, st- I mean, there wasn't a ton of stuff that stood out to me beyond that in this episode. Um, your girl, your girl really, Ventress was here. Yes, Ventress was here. And, and so, and Ven- th- that's the thing, is that I, something that I realized, this was a cool episode because it was like led by the women. And I really mm-hmm. appreciate that. Um, something that I thought was cool was that in the Republic, in like the Republic Army, they refer to all higher ups, like the clones refer to all higher ups as sir, that's regardless real, of gender. That's also a real life military thing. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, and I just thought that's interesting um, in comparison to like, you know, the stuff with the Separatists. It's like they call Ventress mistress like yeah, the ventress, droids early ventress has a very interesting dominatrix vibe oh i know i was like damn why is she so sexy and honestly that's why like i'm upset whenever i see ventress and not obi-wan because i'm like i just need the weird sexual tension between them <laughs> i really missed it in this episode i was like where is the sexual tension um <laughs> but because yeah, they didn't they didn't give it ventress is notably not as flirty with luminara Although no. that might just be because she thinks she's boring. That could be that could be yeah. fair enough. Hey, don't say that about my girl, Luminara. <laughs> no, I like I like Luminara. She's an interesting character because she is stiffer than a lot of Jedi. Even yeah. like even for Jedi, she's pretty reserved. But yeah. like she's flexible. She is still like flexible, and her she admits she's 
like learning stuff from Ahsoka as well. I, I think she's I think she would be a really good teacher. Oh, my. I know. I really like her. I'm just like, you are so smart. You are so capable. Wow. Yeah, Very I would impressed love to see, by this character. <laughs> I would love to see her and Ahsoka like as an actual Master Padawan relationship. Yeah. Like that that would be a really like, you know, cool thing. Just get, leave Anakin and Obi-Wan behind. Just have that be the entire show, you know? Yeah. We'll scrap all of what Clone Wars is and let's rewrite it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, one thing is I always love uh, really cool uses of lightsabers. And I love that bit when Ventress uh, goes down the elevator shaft and uses six or lightsabers in the wall and slides down. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. 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 Because I mean, lightsabers get pretty boring after a while. I feel like it's cool to watch, but, you know, there's only so many things you can do. So it is nice and exciting to see. An interesting use of it. Yeah, speaking um, of that, did did uh, Grievous whips out his four arms, right, in this episode? Uh, in the next one? Next one. In, it's in the next one, yeah. Yeah. No, that's uh, his, That's his like, sort of, he hasn't done it in the series up to this point, but that's his signature move, and that is the, the most ridiculous use of lightsabers. I thought it's such a power move. It's, so, it's Because awesome. he's using the lightsabers of Jedi he's killed. I'm like, that is crazy that is the craziest thing i've ever heard he's got his growing collection <laughs> he's a he um, is an edgelord for sure he's an edgelord um yeah layer of grievous was an interesting episode jamaican you kit know? fisto is still the biggest curveball this show ever did i just i, I oh, was really? so not ready for it <laughs> Yeah. I just the whole time I was like Fisto is sexy. Yeah. I don't care about anything else. Uh, I will. He will so. take his shirt off later in the show. Yes, he will. Oh yes, my god! They were like, <laughs> they were like this cartoon character is just going to be the sex. I'm like, who animated this? No, who I'm animated gonna, this? I'm gonna send you a photo right now and just like remind you what Kid Fisto looks like in Attack of the Clones. Fisto is like sinfully attractive in this. I was just <laughs> blown away. And then his his former Padawan is so butt ugly. I was like, this. could you imagine being like this this like dopey little Padawan like running around with a sex god? I could not <laughs> That's why he had such a. It's why he had such a chip on his shoulder. I know it was so funny seeing him get like angsty and be like, "He killed my friend," and then go after Grievous. Because I'm like, I will say though, you're a bit small, bro. That's your. uh, You were talking about this earlier. Like he doesn't do it in a very Jedi way, but he he shows the emotion of any Jedi about his clones. Yes, yeah, and and that was something I thought was very cool. Is that he was very emotional about his clones and that's what i like to see because the clones are the biggest asset to the republic yeah. and they are not given enough credit um this photo that you sent me of fisto is horrifying i cannot believe that this it's the one was allowed smiling. i can't believe that this was ever allowed to um to grace air. theaters across the nation it's pretty funny because yeah. that like that's his iconic moment like that he smiles in the movie and that's like what they based his character like that's why he's fun here like they they decided that he's going to be the fun Jedi, and then somewhere along the way, I decided to also make him the sexy Jedi. Oh my God, he's so hot! Like I'm I'm looking like at the uh, like side by side, and I'm just like, why did you do this? I know they didn't have to go oh so my hard. God. Yeah. Anyway, I, that was. I wish I was like more attentive during this episode, but Fisto just—I was like, "Hello." But Grievous is a weird character. I don't like Grievous. I've decided not my favorite villain. Creepy, yeah, creepy, creepy, but very cool in that he <laughs> kills Jedi with 
lightsabers that he took from dead Jedi. That's such a power move. Yeah, he's definitely, like, he's going all out in, like, design and design-based intimidation factor. But he ends up, like, not being that scary. And he's not not all that interesting. Yeah. He's just sort of there to kick ass and be evil. And occasionally they don't let him kick that much ass because he's he has to lose to the good guys. I am ready for a separatist tragic backstory. Like, that is the thing that I want. That is the thing that is missing from the Clone Wars currently. Because that that's what I thought this... Oh, I just hit my mic. Um, <laughs> that's what I thought this episode was going to be. Is I was like, oh, Layer of Grievous. This is going to be like the background story of Grievous. And we're going to find out why he's this fucked up guy. And what happened to him. And why he joined the dark side. And then, nope, you're just going to be in his house. Like, that was so upsetting to me. Because obviously Fisto made up for it. But it's just like... Some some really like hard shit had to have happened to you for you to like be this horrible villain person, you know? Yeah. And I I want to know, and and I feel like we kind of get that. We're, we're okay. I'm assuming we're gonna get like some sort of tragic story with Anakin because he does turn to the dark side. But I I just want some. I I feel like I want to see that storyline echoed in other characters. Because not everybody, no one is born a bad guy. Like, no one wakes up and is like, I'm evil. Yeah, and that, there some, that, yeah. There are some grievous lines. There's, it, he, you sort of have to look for scraps for his motivation because he is just sort of, he's mustache twirling evil. He's just, he yeah. is, yeah. He's, he is born to be bad, basically. Um, and there's not much. But there are some lines that sort of make it indicate that for him, it's like a, it's sort of like a, a glory thing, like it, yeah. it's yeah. a personal gain, and like when he's and on the table being for operated sure. on yeah. by it's the a robot, huge, he's it's like, like a power this, this trip. Was a basically. Yeah, I and I mean, it was a choice. I don't yeah. know uh, if you just you just that bad, <laughs> sounded like you ate the microphone. I don't do good grievous impressions. That's well, yeah. that's because have you ever heard Matt Wood, the guy who voices Grievous, before mm. they uh, process it? Oh no! You should look it up. It's pretty funny. Okay. Yeah, he doesn't I, do a good Grievous impression. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like I was hoping for that in this episode, and I didn't get it. I hope we get that with Ventress, though. I thought that that was kind of an interesting thing with Ventress in the previous episode, though. Not to, like, bring it back, but just Ventress had something to prove in that episode. And there's obviously, yeah. like, a relationship that she has with Dooku that t- currently is ha- has been unexplored. Um, so I'm excited to see if anything happens with that. I want to know more about like why Ventress is doing what she's doing. I hope we get it, but we might not. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't. But check back in uh, season three. Season three, yeah. Swag. She's just so yeah. hot. You know, it's like come on. <laughs> People like her. People I will want say. More so Clone Wars does it does get into like moral complexities as the show goes on, but it also has a tendency to go sort of black and white, especially with the separatists. Yeah. Um, and it is it has been cited as one of the show's weaknesses. They do they do some cool shit, but they also sometimes leave some missed opportunities on the table. And I do think like I, I like both Cloak of Darkness and Layer of Grievous, but I get sort of the there is some like you can w- I get why you're left wanting more. Yeah, and and I think also it, it is at the end of the day a children's show that was meant to be able to be processed by children. So I kind of get why sometimes they have to make that choice of like things being black and white because 
it is hard to understand like the nuances of war when you're just like watching a show. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Although it is impressive to me like how hard they go on some of this stuff early because like some of the stuff we've watched has been from like later seasons, but most of this is is early season one and and like where you're having all these like questions about the clones and stuff and reactions to that. And that is based on the stuff that is in the show. Like, yeah, they, they put it out there for the kids to yeah. think about. Absolutely. I mean, it full. it is a really full show. It, is, it has a lot going for it. Yeah, I'm excited to see where it takes us, where all this stuff takes us, you know. I love my clones. <laughs> my, uh, I think my favorite, ep- um, they were not my favorite as a kid, but my favorite episodes of the first season are in uh, the next episode for us, the next batch of, of Clone Wars. Which are uh, uh, episodes 111 through 115, and then 117 and 118. Dooku Captured, The Gungan General, Jedi Crash, Defenders of the Peace, Trespass, Blue Shadow Virus, and Mystery of a Thousand Moons. He said he said 118, but like it's season one, episode 18. That's true. I did. It's 118. <laughs> 118. It made, it made sense. It's all good. I was just like, hang on. We're not that far in. Thank you guys for listening to First Steps, a Star Wars podcast. You can find us on Facebook at First Steps, a Star Wars podcast, on Twitter at First Steps SW, and on Instagram at First Steps Star Wars. You can stream us on any of the major podcast handles, and you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Bye.